0: All right, welcome back. We've got a very interesting discussion for you guys right now. Joining me now is Aaron Maté. He writes for The Nation. He has previously been a host and producer for The Real News and Democracy Now. Aaron, welcome. How you doing, brother? Thanks for having me. No problem. Those are some great organizations. You're progressive, I'm progressive, but we do have a disagreement. So we're gonna have a discussion here about Russia and Trump. Um, and I don't know if a debate's gonna break out, but at least let's discuss. So we have a limited <laughs> amount of time. I'm gonna try to get through a lot of this as quickly as we can. Uh, and so I wanna say up front, first of all, I, I'm not in the mainstream media and I don't think like they do. So I'm not in the camp that Hillary Clinton would have won if it wasn't for those uh, dastardly Russians interfering. I know that. Okay, that's yeah. nonsense. And uh, and I don't trust the US government just cuz they say something. Yeah. Uh, and. And, but there are facts and there are things that are more provable and not less provable, and more credible and less credible within the US government, okay. Yeah. So let's go through the issues one by one. So social media manipulation. So there's the Internet Research Agency in 2014 this is when it begins, and they do propaganda in America. First, let me just admit right off the bat, I don't think that this A, necessarily swung the election, nor is it necessarily collusion. Uh, because it's it doesn't show that Trump helped them, They and, and it started in 2014. So how would they even know that Trump was gonna run for president? But it does seem like they did uh, target America for uh, influencing our elections. To me, based on the evidence that's available, do you agree or disagree with that?
1: I think they. Uh- the way I see them is based on what the reporting about them said before all this election stuff happened, which is that they're basically a, a social media marketing firm. They're, they're a clickbait factory that does social media posts to attract followers. They then leverage that to sell their pages to vendors, which they did. I think you can pro- look at all their posts and, and based on what the research has said that they had a preference for Trump. They wanted to promote Trump and denigrate Hillary Clinton, I, I, you know, I, I have no reason to dispute that trend. But I, if you look at the majority of their posts, they're not about the election. They're mm-hmm. really juvenile. I mean, like you might have seen some of the examples that they were in that Senate study recently that came out. Like there's an ad about you know Jesus helping people with masturbation issues and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so, so so this is not the makings of a sophisticated social media influence campaign to like sow discord and elect Trump. And so I I think that aspect is 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 uh, at minimum very overblown.
0: So Aaron, I largely agree with you there. So but I, I do want to. Ask you about something that, where I'm not sure we have agreement. Uh, so look, it, it, but let me go further in, in agreeing with you in that, like at some point, there was a hyperbolic thing on, on mainstream media about, oh my God, they had four million Twitter impressions during the election. It was Pearl Harbor, you know. Yeah, people I, were comparing it to yeah. Four million yeah. Twitter impressions is like two tweets. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay, it's it's not that interesting. Yeah, but it does appear to me that almost all of the Russian propaganda favors Trump, so that. That then becomes curious because if we so for example the U.S. medals in everybody's elections. so we we don't have clean hands that's obvious right sure uh, and and normally our government picks a side yes right the yeah. side that will give us the oil yeah or give yeah. our companies the oil yeah. right and it appears here the Russians picked a side so. That's what it appears to me, based on all the available evidence. Do you agree or disagree with that?
1: Well, okay. So if we're talking about this, still about the social media stuff, I mean, I saw all kinds of different divisive posts. And if you look at the detailed studies, they even say, you know, the aim was not necessarily to elect Trump; it was to sow discord. Because again, such a small percentage of the Russian social media posts even mentioned the candidates, even mentioned Hillary, or even mentioned Trump. It looks. I mean, the like again. What I'm saying is, I think they picked up on certain demographics. They picked up on like they targeted African Americans with some stuff, evangelicals, gun owners, and I think they they put out stuff that they thought would attract attention and maybe get them followers. Basically, acting like a clickbait social media firm. Okay. So like you know, on this one, I mean, if you want to talk about the stolen emails, I think that's something that could have conceivably had a major impact on the election.
0: Right. So let's go to that next. So. uh, now here's another case where let me first posit the things that we agree on. So to me, people say this is evidence since the Russians stole the emails. This is the theory, right? And then they gave it to WikiLeaks, and then and then it helped Donald Trump that it proves collusion. And Roger Stone was got advance notice from WikiLeaks. But wait, <laughs> that doesn't logically make sense. If Trump colluded with the Russians. Why did he need Roger Stone to find out what was happening from WikiLeaks? So so I don't want people misunderstanding my position, okay? So that doesn't make any sense. Now on the other hand, when our intelligence says that it was the Russian hackers posing as or using the persona Gussifer or Guccifer, I don't know, 2.0, and they register the website DCLeaks.com, etc. I have no reason to disbelieve that. Do you have a reason to disbelieve that?
1: I don't have a reason to uh, disbelieve it in the sense that I, I actually haven't gone deep into this issue. Uh, I don't doubt that it very well could have been the Russians, but my position is I'm also not going to take it just because they tell me it's true. So I don't doubt it, but I also don't automatically embrace it. I think it's quite possible the Russians did steal the emails, and, and if so, you know people should be held accountable for it. But um, I think that you know the. We haven't seen very much evidence, pretty much the only evidence we've actually seen is Mueller indicting Russian military intelligence officers. And he lays out in the indictment a very detailed case. And so that is something because basically for that not to be true, Mueller would either have to be making it up or be relying on faulty evidence. But because we haven't seen that evidence itself yet, I'm just not gonna automatically believe it. But I'm certainly not I don't spend time trying to disprove it because I think it's very plausible.
0: Okay, so that goes to an important question that goes to the core that I wanted to ask you about. So I don't automatically believe everything that Mueller is gonna put in his report. On the other hand, I think that it is far more plausible than the counter theory that Trump puts out there that it's a witch hunt and that the FBI all got together to target him. So I'm curious what your take on that is.
1: Well, I wouldn't use the term witch hunt. But I think based on everything we've seen so far, uh, theres I think you can make a case that whoever launched this investigation and whoever continued it did act in an overzealous way that wasn't politically motivated. I mean, like Andrew McCabe recently in his book tour. He has made no allusion to there being any evidence of a conspiracy between Trump and Russia. Literally, he confirmed, and the New York Times has reported this in terms of the decision behind opening up a counterintelligence investigation of Trump, which is pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That the like the predicate, that the inciting incident for the FBI was the fact that Trump was saying nice things about Putin. He was he wasn't criticizing Russia, which says to me that there was a sort of a Cold War paranoia left over in the Bureau. And rather than you know considering the possibility that Trump was just carrying out the the policies he was elected on, he did campaign on better relations with Russia. That they saw that as suspect enough to open up a counterintelligence investigation. And, and you know they weren't alone. Even during the campaign, the entire national security establishment kind of freaked out because he was calling for not just better ties with Russia, but Trump was. Also talking about scaling back foreign wars, and he sort of won over a segment of the population that was against foreign wars, the segment of the population that I think was most impacted by foreign wars because it's poor communities that have to fight those wars. And you know, whether you think Trump is being sincere or not, I think, he, I think he's a con man. I think he conned the country into thinking that he was anti-war. But that was what he campaigned on along with better relations with Russia, and I think those two aspects freaked out people inside the FBI. As I think, McCabe has just confirmed.
0: Okay, yeah. So we don't agree on that, and so I think that when Trump went around saying attacking our NATO allies, which certainly helps Putin and Russia, and seemed to, you know, here's another point that even before we knew any of the rest of this, made all of us raise our eyebrows at the time, and we're on the record, and it's in the videos. Why did they change the GOP platform?
1: There we go, let me address that because that's a huge thing. And that's a story I think that's been blown incredibly out of proportion. Now one indication I think of how wrong people have gotten on this is that look at Trump's actual policy once he got to office. Trump did something that Obama would not do. He sold weapons to Ukraine which Obama resisted doing, everybody wanted him to do it. But Obama said, you know what, I don't wanna further inflame this already dangerous proxy war. Because right now, the US is engaged in a proxy conflict on Russia's borders in Ukraine. Trump came to office and he, I I personally don't think Trump wanted to based on his public statements and wanting better relations with Russia. But Trump sold those weapons, that was his decision. And so in office, he takes a much more
0: hawkish position. Than Barack Obama did. And, but and only on that issue. Well, okay, so but, but I agree with that, that the, issue. But on other issues, so he talks to Putin, and two weeks later, we're withdrawing out of Syria. Now, I love that we're withdrawing from Syria, but that's one of a thousand convenient things. Okay, then we get to the issue of the the NATO allies constantly saying, not only, hey, do you have to pay your bills? But we might not protect you, which is exactly what Putin would want. And and then on, it, it appeared that they changed the platform. I I know you were getting to that, so let me let you get to that and yeah. give you more. Okay. Because the, and then the private meetings with Putin are preposterous. So all right, but I'll get you, I'll let you okay, get to so, all. Of that. So
1: so there we definitely disagree on a whole host of items. The platform. What happened was they didn't change the platform. You had one delegate from Texas, and that and this is why. See, it's been tough because I think our media has gone a certain direction on this. And it takes like to, to sift through. It takes forever, and it's kind of boring. But, but but the facts are there. The um, the, plat- the the platform was not changed. What happened was there was there was an amendment proposed by a Republican delegate from Texas who wanted to talk about sending lethal arms to Ukraine. Some Trump people got involved, and they consulted, I think, with the campaign, and they decided that they wanted to. They didn't want to go that far. So what they did is they rejected an amendment calling for lethal arms for Ukraine. But they still kept in a language calling for appropriate assistance to defend Ukraine or something like that. Which, if you compare the final Republican platform to the Democratic platform, the Republican platform is far more hawkish on that issue. So this platform thing is an example of a story that has been blown way of proportion, not based on any, I think, actual facts, but because it serves a, a propaganda purpose. Yeah. It serves a narrative. And so, do, so does everything else about Trump and, and, and Putin. The fact is, when it comes to selling weapons to Ukraine, ripping up the INF Treaty, bombing Syria twice, which, you know, Obama never bombed the, Putin's ally in Syria. Uh, uh, Trump has twice,
0: but you know that he gave them warning ahead of time, and which I don't disagree with because I don't want to start a war. But you think, uh, and, and they bombed pretty useless uh, part of the airport. Again, I, I don't mind it because I don't want a war. <laughs> but uh, it, it, if there's a friendly bombing, that well, exists, That was it. we we'll on, the on that. We'll disagree on that. Yeah, that's okay. That's and so <laughs> and on the sanctions, it, it passes 98 to two. Trump says, I don't want to do the sanctions. He says, now look, don't get me wrong, I love the idea of the sanctions on Iran, right? Yes, he does. And, and North Korea at the time, right? Yeah. But he says, but oh, on, on Russia, I don't wanna do the sanctions. And then he delays it for a long time even after he was supposed to put them into, why? But why still, delay the sanctions? You
1: know, first of all, I think he see, I mean, like, I can imagine a whole bunch of reasons. First of all, he campaigned on better relations with Russia. This is hurting his ability to do that you know and and
0: just because he doesn't want to be Do you a, think he really cares that much about policy I, and I, his promises I, on the campaign I, he also I, promised universal healthcare coverage that listen look, that is true and i think he's a
1: con man so i listen i don't pretend to know what his motivations are i don't think though we can say that objectively his policies have been softer on russia look, look on, on top of what i mentioned so there is there's syria there is the inf treaty there is even NATO, he also bullied NATO members into spending more money on NATO than they were before. He also bullied Germany into not doing this Russian gas deal, which is a huge deal to both Russia and Germany. In Venezuela right now, he's trying to launch a coup. Which Russia is heavily invested in because yeah. Russia has a huge stake in Venezuela. So
0: I think that, and I have a theory, so that we're gonna get to that right okay. now, okay? Because I agree with you guys that it's not black and white, and I don't live in that black and white world. So there are some things that he's done, for example, Venezuela, where that is not purely in Russia's interest. In fact, it would arguably against Russia's interest, right? So then why, is, in my opinion, is he doing the things that he's doing that favors Russia? It's Things that usually touch the oligarchs, like the sanctions. So I don't know if he knows who's making money and not making money in Venezuela. But he knows the sanctions are hurting the oligarchs. And the oligarchs are all connected to Putin. So to me, and this is a huge misunderstanding, part of why I wanted to have this conversation. I can go on and on about the election. But I actually think that the collusion in the election is a very hard case to make. I mean, look, you go to Manafort. Well, Manafort had other dealings with the Ukrainian oligarchs, and I believe some oligarchs connect to Russia. We can disagree about that. But overall, that might be, I mean, I would argue why did he pick Manafort out of all those different people? He picks another pro-Russian guy. But overall, most of Manafort's crimes are not related to Trump, okay? None of them are related
1: to Trump, pretty much. And also Manafort was not even pro-Russian, Like we could have a whole discussion about that. But actually Manafort was working in Ukraine for Yanukovych, if you look at what Manafort was doing. He was trying to lobby the US and the EU to accept Ukraine, which is the exact
0: opposite of what Russia wanted, and that's what he was paid to do. So his connections to the Russian oligarchs I think are clear, but that's okay, we disagree on that. But again, it's not the main event, right? Because I think that the that the Democratic establishment and a lot of people in the media, Rachel Maddow, have <laughs> overhyped the collusion in the election, okay? Yeah. But what I'm concerned about is Donald Trump's deep ties to the Russians throughout his business career, which I'm worried has affected what he has done in office. So for example, the Russians, they do the Trump Tower meeting. So Don Jr., Manafort, Kushner go there, but the Russians don't give them any information. now. Donald Trump Jr., upon hearing the email that the Russians are going to give them information goes, I love it. Yeah. Incredibly stupid thing to say that would have been collusion, but the Russians didn't give them the information. I think that gets them more compromising information on Trump.
1: But let me say, Jack, I don't think it would have been collusion because again, the email was written by who? A music
0: publicist. But saying, I will connect you with. Uh, Russian officials, and he goes, uh, and they will give you information on Hillary Clinton. They have compromised- That would be a crime. There is no such crime as collusion, but there is a crime of conspiracy, there's a crime of taking money from a foreign government while running a campaign, and that certainly would have violated both of those, if they had gotten the information.
1: If that's the case, then, then the Clinton campaign is guilty for taking dirty information from Ukraine or from the Steele dossier, right? Like The this, the Clinton campaign paid for the Steele dossier, that got foreign dirt allegedly on Trump, including
0: no, but they didn't donate it, Aaron. So I hear, look, the Clintons have an enormous number of problems, and they're intertwined with a lot of governments. And if you're gonna question them on that, I'm largely gonna agree. But but they paid for the steel dossier as opposed to it being donated to them. That's why it's not so a campaign. So that's camp- legal? No, it is, cuz it's not a campaign finance. Violation. I see, okay okay. 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 So it's just different laws in that regard. Okay. Okay, but so to the point of, of, the, of what the Trump. What the Russians might have on Trump, which is my thesis, not Rachel Meadows, not okay. the Democratic establishment, etc. Now we know that the Russians have put a tremendous amount of money into Trump's properties throughout his career. So Russian nationals, you say, have put a lot of money into Trump properties? Okay, for example, to answer your implied question, 63 Russian billionaires have invested nearly $100 million in several Trump properties in Florida alone. Uh, according to Reuters. So if you say to me, Russian random Russian dudes are going and they have 11 percent of Trump properties in Florida, maybe they like Sunny Isles, right? That's not a big deal. If you tell me 63 Russian billionaires have invested in any property, I'm going to look into money laundering. Okay, those are there aren't any oligarchs at this point not connected to Putin, and there aren't. Randomly investing in properties in America, the Chinese do it, the Russians do it, the Saudis do it. It's money laundering. I don't have the factual basis
1: to dispute what, pers- like what, how out of the ordinary it is that that Rush, that these that these Russian billionaires, as you say, have money in in Trump properties. I haven't actually looked into that. I know that that you know U.S. imposed shock therapies helped create this class of Russian oligarchs. A lot of whom are then parking their money overseas, by the way, which Putin has been trying to fight because Putin wants the money at home. If you say that there is an unusual amount invested in Trump properties, then yeah, I think there's, I guess you can make a case there for potential money laundering. I just don't know, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if many people around the world launder the money through Trump properties. And I don't particularly, I'm not particularly more alarmed by them being from Russia than I would be if they were from any other country.
0: Yeah. Well, it depends on if they're getting something in return. For example, there's a pretty good theory that Wilbur Ross helped that money laundering in the Bank of Cyprus. And did he get anything in return? Yeah, he got to be Commerce Secretary in return.
1: So, you so then let- that's why like Wilbur Ross is the Commerce Secretary, because he helped Trump, he helped Trump launder money?
0: Yes, okay. I I 100 <laughs> believe all it. Right, okay, all right. I mean, out of all the people to pick randomly, it's like, oh, look at that guy. That has all my money. That he long, that he keeps safe where it came from and where it went in the Bank of Cyprus. I don't know
1: that theory. All I know is that <laughs> Trump appointed a lot of scumbag billionaires to his to his cabinet.
0: Okay, that's also fair. Yeah. So now <laughs> let me let me go to come of the some of the Trump kids. Here is Donald Trump Jr. saying, in terms of high end product influx into the U.S. Russians make up a pretty disproportionate cross section of a lot of our assets. We see a lot of money pouring in from Russia. Hold on, let me give you Eric. Okay. Eric says, well, we don't really rely on American banks, we have all the funding we need out of Russia. He says, we've got some guys that really, really love golf and they're really invested in our programs, we just go there all the time. Now, do you really think that the Russians love golf or perhaps there's another reason why they're giving so much money into Trump properties? Well. It very
1: well could be then that they need a place to park their money and they're laundering money there. How that then, that leads to anything illicit, like in terms of a, a political conspiracy or leverage over Trump or, or Putin, you know Putin having leverage over Trump, I think is a stretch. I mean, I, I think it's quite plausible that the Trump organization is corrupt. I mean, I think it's pretty much established. And so yeah, if they're being used as a home for money laundering and disproportionately Russian money laundering, I mean I, I, I don't like I think that's quite plausible but then how then you get to the, that leading to any kind of political decision or, or Trump doing some, something for Putin especially by the way Putin is trying to get a lot of this money back to his own country he doesn't want Russian money parked overseas he, and, and yeah. by the way also on these properties what 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 the Trump boys didn't say is that so many of these Trump properties are just basically brands he sells his name and he doesn't actually own the property so I don't know even how big of a cut the Trump Organization itself is
0: getting from from properties like this. So in the Trump Tower Moscow deal, which we don't have time to get into. He, he might have gotten a licensing fee, which is just handing you money, right? Yeah. But in the, for the golf properties, they largely own them. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a different situation. But look, we gotta, before we run out of time, get to, okay, the, the meetings. because So you're saying, okay, it's plausible that they might have done money laundering through Trump. Well, then I would say that it's very plausible that they have then compromising information about Donald Trump, that if they turned over to authorities, would get Trump. In a lot of trouble, and if he was anybody but the president, clearly arrested. Okay? So, and there ain't no oligarchs in Russia. They go, ah, Putin, I'm not gonna cooperate with you. Okay? There used to be, they're all in prison. Okay, so then, yeah, okay. And so then Trump goes and meets with Putin nine times. In the beginning, it's a little abnormal because he's inviting the Russians and bragging about how he fired Comey down the Russian investigation. But by the end, it becomes preposterous. So, no other American officials allowed. Uh, And then he bans his own translator. Okay, now, how is that not a giant red flag? I am talking about something secret that I don't want any other American to know.
1: To me, it's quite plausible. First of all, Reagan and Gorbachev did pretty much the exact same thing. They had meetings, and those meetings were fruitful. They helped lead to a huge reduction in in nuclear weapons. And the fact is that there is a a, a class of of politicians in both countries, I'd say especially in the US, that wanna undermine warmer US-Russia ties. Not because they care about spreading freedom or they're concerned about Putin's human rights record, but because tensions with Russia are profitable. And I do think that they're profitable for the weapons industry basically and for maybe for media organizations like MSNBC that are constantly going on about this. But you know, Trump might have had a reason to be fed up with leaks and didn't wanna risk any more leaks as he's trying to do diplomacy. I don't think just because he doesn't want other people there, and by the way, Tillerson was there. For one of their main meetings.
0: One I mean. of the original meetings, but Tillerson is also the CEO of Exxon Mobil that had a half a trillion dollar deal with the Russians that was blocked by the sanctions. That is true. Yes, okay, true. And, and so yeah. what do I find more plausible? That Trump cares so deeply about his policy goals with Russia that he doesn't want him undermined by an American translator? Or that he really doesn't want anyone to find out what Putin's telling him about all the money laundering that they, he's done all this time, okay. and could he be getting directions back? And now you say, well, wow, getting directions back, that sounds amazing. Not with Trump, <laughs> Trump's so, so whole business so model is corruption. These, so you're
1: saying in these meetings, Trump via a translator, so obviously via Putin's translator. Yeah. Because I believe this happened, didn't this just happen once that basically he was with Melania? So and they walked up- and and, no. there was a, and the Russian translator translated for Trump?
0: So no, it happened three different times. One time, he did have the translator. He yeah. wouldn't allow any other officials, but he did have the American translator. Yeah. And afterwards, he took his notes and said, "You're not allowed to have those notes." Reportedly, okay.
1: re- reportedly,
0: report, like reportedly, you know. Like, <laughs> but I, yeah. Aaron, okay, that's okay, that's okay. So, and then another time, there's no translator at all. And I, I believe, a third time, he's with Melania, yeah. and there's no, and he still does not allow a translator.
1: Okay. So what I can say is, again, there's a precedent for this. This is how diplomacy is done.
0: And again, by so the that- way, Trump. Does not do diplomacy like that. Forget Gorbachev and Reagan. He doesn't do it with any other country.
1: Uh, I don't know. Listen. I, so you're saying there's no other country where he's not met where with he bans like, well.
0: an American American officials or an American translator.
1: Well, there's also no other country where he's being accused of being an agent of that government and where that government's being blamed for giving him. But the Aaron, election if you and were, were
0: accused of being an agent of pick a country, right, Botswana, yeah, yeah. and you said I don't want any American translators when I talk to the people, the leaders of Botswana, wouldn't that attract more attention?
1: Okay, let me ask you a question: Were any of these meetings? subsidive like any of these meetings where the translator was not there were they beyond brief conversations cuz i know that there's a yes. dinner there's a dinner where he goes up to he goes up to putin and he says they talk about adoptions right yeah uh, which i'm sure they talked about more things but it's like so. You think so? You think possibly in these meetings, then Putin, what is giving him orders? Like he's telling him what yes, to do?
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You go like this. Okay. So look I, listen, say, look I, I, can't,
1: I can't prove that wrong because but, I'm not there, right? So okay. That's I, fair. Know, you know that's I mean? fair. So like of course, that's the, that, that's the this, whole point. And that's the problem with this whole thing. Like, like you can't prove a, and you can't disprove a negative. And and so it's like I, you know, I don't know. But what I can look at Trump's actual policy, his actual policy, I see is far more hawkish than Obama's was. And that's why part of the reason why I find this Russia Trump conspiracy thing so dangerous is because in a bid to prove it to, to substantiate it, we're ignoring what is actually going on. And what's actually going on is very dangerous with nuclear tensions high, with a coup right now being attempted in Venezuela. And where are we on that?
0: Yeah, but we at the Young Turks are not ignoring any of that. So I know you're not. Right, I, I, so I know, yeah. Look, we gotta wrap up, but uh, to me. Uh, in only the Russia case, saying I do not want any other Americans in the room, given his what appears to be his long history of money laundering with the Russians. Put aside everything else, and the fact that they obviously, it appears to me that they have that compromising information on him. And then he says, I, I'm gonna meet secretly with Putin is disastrous and unprecedented. Let me say quickly then,
1: if Mueller actually indicts Trump on anything or makes any accusation that the Russians do have something on him or that he engaged in money laundering. I will totally concede your point. But my problem is in the absence of any so far charges around that, not just not just now with Mueller, but even before Mueller. I mean Trump was never accused of this before. Now all of a sudden we're being we're concerned about Trump being compromised. in the absence of evidence of it or of an indictment, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just not.
0: Okay, uh, well, we're gonna have to leave it right there. And what I'm deeply concerned about is that Mueller did not go and investigate the money laundering. If he just comes in with a conclusion about the election, it is going to be, as they have said, anticlimactic. And so, uh, somebody look into the money laundering, well, it's right Adam there. Adam, Adam Schiff says he is, so you're in luck. Okay, let's yeah. hope so. All right, Aaron, thank you for the conversation. Thanks I, appreciate for having me. I appreciate it. it. Okay. All right, guys, we're gonna come back with the last segment of The Young Turks for the members. TYT.com slash join to become a member, we'll see you there.